Welcome to the Every Day is a New Day podcast and live show. The inspirational show about moving forward and choosing to be more of you. Transmuting the self-doubt and stepping into courageously aligned confidence in who you uniquely are. My name is Kim O'Neill. I'm a twice certified transformational confidence coach, Reiki master, best-selling author, and former crime analyst who now helps empathic heart-centered individuals shatter the noise of self-doubt, find clarity on what self-love really looks like, and the courage to be peacefully grounded in who you've always known you are from the inside out. Join me for the live shows on Facebook and YouTube and visit KimO'NealCoaching.com for more info. Let's get to it. All right, and welcome to the Every Day is a New Day show. I'm really excited for tonight's conversation. We have with us here, Judy Miller. Welcome, Judy. Oh, it's great to be here, Kim. Thank you. Absolutely. I'm really excited because um, I've said this before and I'll say it again. I feel like I always have the right guest at the right time. And tonight, as I say that, I'm speaking, um, you know, for for the subject we're going to be talking about is Judy's new book called Perfect. And I think this is really going to speak to a lot of our, our viewers, live and replay viewers. But there's also a tidbit that's speaking to me right now. So <laughs> I was just telling Judy about that. So. I'm really excited. So before I do an official intro, Judy, on who you are, I just want to say a quick hello to all of our live viewers. It's good to see you here. I see Helene is with us and anybody else who's with us tonight, go ahead and say hello. Let us know where you're connecting from. And as always, let us know if you have any questions, any ahas that come through for you in tonight's conversation. We're talking about a variety of things. And um, this is going to be a really uh, good, deep conversation. I already know it. So with that said, Judy, I'm going to go ahead and share with everyone a little bit of your your background, just uh, you know, a short excerpt of your bio. And then we're going to get into uh, your book and learning more about what you have to share with us tonight. So for those who are joining us tonight, Judy Miller is the author of Perfect, A Path to Love, Forgiveness, and Transformation. After her career as a certified public accountant and excelling in the world of corporate finance for 20 plus years, her interests shifted towards spirituality. As she focused on finding her intrinsic wholeness, Judy began sharing the numerous lessons that brought her with others. She is trained with some of the world's most spiritual visionaries and is certified in the energy codes, happy for no reason, and the passion test. And of course, that is just Judy in a small nutshell. Ah, Judy, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, Kim. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Especially, uh, you know, I appreciate our short little conversation beforehand because um, this is really awesome. I, you know, this is the, your book title brings up, I'm going to say so many different things just for me, right? We've got the perfect in here. We've got love, forgiveness, transformation. I know that wholeness is also a big part of it. And Oh, this is just so good. Like, I just feel so much uh, that's in this. So I guess I first want to ask you, you know, <laughs> I first want to ask you, will you give us an overview of the book? Sure, I'd love to. Um, so like many children, I actually had fears as a child. I was actually afraid of drowning, but I was terrified of the night. 
and I'm talking, it wasn't monsters under the bed or monsters in the closet. It was true terror. I was also afraid of being assaulted and I'd never been assaulted. So as a child, these feelings were so confusing. So as you could imagine, I would crawl into bed every night. I would pull the covers over my head and I would recite the Lord's Prayer over and over again, begging for these energies that I could feel all around me to go away. I didn't know if they were there to help me or if they were there to harm me. So Kim, this was my ritual night after night, and it continued well into my 20s. As you mentioned, I started my career as a CPA. So here I am living a very traditional life, tra very traditional profession, and then at night, terrified of what I couldn't explain. So I actually met my husband at work, where he's also a CPA, and we got married and we had children. We had two incredible children. And in the exhaustion of raising two children, commuting three hours a day to work and working 40 to 50 hours a week, in that exhaustion, everything stopped. The terror, the subtle energies, the spirits, they all stopped. But then my kids grew up and they went off to college and then the house became silent. And many people who are empty nesters may know what that sounds like, but in the silence, everything returned. The spirits, the energies, the terror, it felt like someone was always standing behind me or if there was eyes staring at me from across the room. And Kim, I must have looked comical to my neighbors because I would literally tiptoe around my house, afraid of what or who I might encounter. Wow. I would actually wake up in the middle of the night, clutching at my husband in fear, and we both began to lose sleep. Around the same time, I actually started to bleed uncontrollably month after month, and I went to see my doctor, and my doctor recommended that I have a hysterectomy. And I felt the same terror that I had about this surgery, the same terror that I felt as a child and the same terror that returned to me as an adult. And I couldn't understand why. So after becoming a CPA, I went into finance and the healthcare industry and I worked in healthcare for over 25 years. So modern medicine is something that I trust implicitly, but I was terrified of this surgery. So a good friend of mine recommended that I read a book called Light Emerging by Barbara Brennan. Barbara was actually a former NASA physicist, and she actually studied the human energy field. And what she learned, she was actually able to heal people. So there I was, literally days before my surgery, Googling healers near me. And as I sat across from my healer for that very first time, I literally heard the click of a lock, like my entire life was finally clicking into place. And at the time, I didn't know the role that that healer actually played in my family's history. So my healer helped me heal after the surgery. And in the following months, we continued to work together to explore this uncontrollable fear that I had of the night. I never mentioned to her the fear of sexual assault. And that fear actually never came out until this book got published. Oh, wow. So we started to look at my childhood experiences. Was there anything from my childhood that actually elicited that fear? But nothing came to light. And then we started to talk about my parents. We know that we inherit so many things from our parents. Through our DNA, we inherit the color of our hair, the color of our eyes, the color of our skin, and so many other physical characteristics. But the science of epigenetics tells us that we could actually inherit the pain and the trauma from our parents and our ancestors. They've shown Holocaust survivors, their children and their grandchildren have the same pain and terror in their bodies. They've actually recently done studies with mice. They would introduce the smell of cherry blossoms to the mice and then zap the mice on the feet. So Kim, as you could imagine, after a while, just the smell of cherry blossom would elicit fear and panic in that mice. But what was really amazing was the mice's children and their children, just the scent of cherry blossoms would trigger the same fear, even though they had never been zapped and they had never been exposed to the father that was zapped. So 
Kim, what we learned was that fear and that trauma and that pain that I felt every night as a child and every night as an adult was actually a cellular memory from my mother when she was attacked as a child. And I never knew she was actually attacked. They say that every female baby is born with two to three million of their reproductive eggs at birth. So much of your mother's young life, adult life, you were actually in there as an unborn egg. You actually experienced her triumphs as well as her traumas. So that pain and that trauma was actually a cellular memory from my mother. But Kim, my story actually doesn't end there. And I know you haven't finished the book, so I know. I'm going to give it away. But there is a shocking connection to that very healer that I trusted to heal me. And in that moment of revelation, I could have felt fear. I could have felt anger. I could have felt betrayal, but I didn't. I felt the divine love and perfection of the universe. And I actually saw how all of our souls are actually interconnected, how we're unconditionally loved by the creator, the God of our understanding, and how we can truly heal in any moment in this lifetime or in any other. That's a powerful statement. And I believe all of it. Yes, yes, yes. I want to first just ask you, what did it look like when you saw all of our souls interconnected? It was amazing. It was miraculous. It was love beyond words and beyond description. Oh, wow, wow, wow. Um, okay. Um, and, and I will just say that, yes, so I've started the book, but I have not finished the book. And I'm completely fine if you want to tell us as much as you want to tell us tonight. <laughs> You know, there's there's actually probably three or four um, experiences that I would love to share with you and your listeners only because even though my story sounds a little unusual or a little uncommon, I believe it holds a promise for us all. I think it does too, actually. So um, yes, go right ahead. What, what are those? <laughs> so, you, so as you know, for most of my life, I actually felt different. I felt like I didn't belong. I felt that I was incomplete. I was always searching for someone or something to make me feel whole. And I always felt unworthy, always having to prove myself. And, you know, no matter what I did, I always felt like I was nothing, right? Uh. But what I realized was that in the nothingness, I could be anything that I want. And what I mean by that is when we drop our stories, our labels, and our judgments, we could truly all emerge as our true and authentic selves without all the stories. So, um, uh, you know, you talked about the subtitle to the book. The subtitle yeah. to the book is A Path to Love, Forgiveness, and Transformation. So before I share the different experiences with you and your listeners, I just want to clarify what forgiveness means for me. That'd be great. Yes. There's so many different definitions of forgiveness, but for me, it's really, really simple. It means to forego or to let go of. So painful and unwanted events are going to happen to all of us. We could either experience that event once or we could play it over and over again in our minds until literally it becomes stuck. It becomes our identities. So for me, forgiveness is just letting go of those negative contracted stories so we can truly move forward and experience joy and happiness. So it's important to understand that when I say forgiveness, it's not about condoning the actions of another person. It's about getting us out of that cycle of victimhood so we could truly move forward. And I'd love to share with you some of the stories and the experiences. Please do. Yes. I'd love to hear more. So, you know, I said I felt different, incomplete, and maybe unworthy most of my life, but I've learned to let that go. And the reason I wanted to mention that is because I believe so many people actually feel the same way. Yeah. Right? And my story actually starts in uh, church on Good Friday. 
and I was sitting waiting for mass to start and my kids were probably texting on their phone and the choir was just singing. And as I sat there, this overwhelming sense of love literally descended upon me out of nowhere. It was every sensation of love you could possibly imagine multiplied a million times coursing through my body. And I was like literally looking around the church, looking under the pews, thinking that I was going crazy. Nobody else was going through this experience. And the reason I wanted to share it with you is because if you knew, if listeners knew how much they are loved, we would never, ever doubt ourselves again. So that was the first experience. And like I said, most of my experiences sound a little unusual, maybe uncommon, but it's almost like a near-death experience. You hear about people having near-death experiences, going into the light, experiencing the love. But here I was dying with my eyes wide open. Oh, that's a powerful statement. Dying with your eyes wide open. But that felt like love. Absolutely. Absolutely. Why, why do you think you had that experience? Why did I have that experience? I believe we all awaken. It just happened to be my time, to be quite okay. honest. And that was your, your avenue for that awakening. Yes. Okay. I had so many different things happening, as I mentioned, you know, with, with my kids going away, with, you know, having to have the surgery. Um, there was so many things and I was open and I was vulnerable and it just, I allowed all the miracles to happen. Mm, I want to just give a quick shout out. Helene is saying, I know I am loved for I receive it every day. Beautiful. Oh, that's beautiful. That really is beautiful. So, okay. So let's go deeper. Like there, there's more that you want to share with our Yeah, audience. absolutely. So, you know, I was recuperating from my hysterectomy and I was laying in bed mostly still, you know, even though that I worked in the healthcare industry, I, I refused to take painkillers because I heard so many tragedies about people getting addicted. So I refused to take painkillers. And as I laid in bed, this gentle guide would drift in and out of my awareness. She would literally sit with me as I was resting and recuperating. And the message that she gave me, and it was a message to everyone, not just me. Um, she said, you're never alone, never abandoned, always loved. If you knew who stood beside you, you would never be afraid. And Kim, I ask you, if you knew that, would you live your life differently? Yeah, I think I, yeah, I think I personally would. I think so many of us would for sure. Yeah. So these were, these were just so many different signs and messages that I got that I felt compelled to write the book so I can share it because so many of us really doubt ourselves. Mm, I love it. So who would you say this, this book is most or is best for? I really geared it towards people who felt different. Okay. People who felt that they were unworthy and people who felt that they were incomplete somehow. Um, will you talk more about how to let go of stories? Sure. I'd love to. So um, in the book, the book is actually broken up into three sections. Um, 80 to 90% of the book is actually written like a novel. So I wanted people to pick up the book and actually go through the experience with me and get to the very end because there is a shocking ending, <laughs> which I'm not going to, which I'm not going to spoil for you. Okay. Okay. No, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm already really loving the book. It's um, and for those who want to know, 
it's that thick. So that's like an easy doable read. If you're like, I've got so much going on. No, you can, you, we can, we can all do this. This is great. Absolutely. And in addition to, so 89, 80 to 90% of it's written like a novel. And then there's just a handful of pages called reflections to help people understand what are some of the key lessons from this story that they could apply in their own lives. And then there's a handful of very, very simple exercises. And I made them simple on purpose because I know how busy people are. So there's a handful of very simple exercises. So people could integrate and embody these lessons into their own life. I love that you just said embody. There's a quote you have at the very beginning here, and I'm going to find it really quickly. Um, it's fantastic beginning quote. I think it's at the beginning of chapter one, part one. It says, life is meant to be experienced in our bodies as feelings without labels, rather than through the stories created in the mind. And I love that. That, um, will you say more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So you said, how do you let go of the story? So I use an acronym called NEST and the different steps are actually explained in the book, but N stands for notice. Notice okay. and observe the thoughts that you're actually having. So we have over 90, no, we actually have over 60,000 thoughts a day. 95% of them are the same ones we had yesterday and the day before, and 80% of them are negative. So as humans, we're actually hardwired to actually notice the negative aspects of situations because millions of years ago, it was critical for our survival. We needed to use it for hunting and gathering and being safe, but we no longer live in that reality. So we need to retrain our minds to focus on gratitude and focus on love. So the first thing is to really truly observe our thoughts, right? Because so many of us are actually on autopilot. Yeah. And then the second part to nest is E, which you're asking about, to really experience our emotions in our body, right? Emotions are meant to be felt. I believe our body tells the truth. I believe our mind creates stories that may or may not be true, right? So Dr. Jill Bolte-Taylor wrote a book called My Stroke of Insight. She was a Harvard neuroscientist who was actually able to heal herself from traumatic brain injury. And what she talked about was the 90-second rule. And basically, when an event happens, Kim, either good or bad, it only takes us 90 seconds to process that through our physiology and then let it go, right? After 90 seconds, it's up to us. So if we're still hanging on to that story and hanging on to that trauma after the 90 seconds, we may have started to create a story, right? So I truly feel that emotions are meant to be felt. So when something happens, truly feel it in your body, acknowledge it. Maybe it's putting your hand on that area, imagine your Imagine you putting your hand on that area if you can't reach it, and then breathing gently into it. And there's some other techniques described in there, but um, it's to really acknowledge that emotion and then let it go. And go ahead, do you, I'll let you finish. So there's two other parts, the S and okay. the No, please ask your question first. Well, I, I was just gonna say, so for the person who does tend to, you know, let's say they process it, they breathe into it, they start to dismantle some of it, and then kind of loop back into that cycle where they're thinking about it again and it's still lingering longer than the 90 seconds. Yeah. How do they, how do they, would you recommend they just continue to keep repeating that process or? That's a great question. So they can continue to feel it in their body um, and then they could do S and T. But, but one of the things that I've done is because I now feel when an event happens, I almost immediately feel it in my body just because okay. I've been doing it for so long. Okay. And if I feel a contraction in my body, Kim, I say thank you. 
I say thank you because it's a blessing. And the reason it's a blessing is because my body, our bodies are infinitely intelligent. It's telling us that there's something that needs to be healed or released. Okay. So you asked about how do we let go if we yeah. keep processing. So the S is to basically scratch the record. Oh, um, there we go. I knew it was coming. <laughs> okay, scratch the record. Yeah, so I studied with Tony Robbins, oh, a very, very long time ago. I won't tell you how long ago because I'll tell you how old I am. But uh, basically, it's to scratch the records because we keep playing those stories over and over again, right? So at one of the seminars that I was at, this woman was talking to Tony about some of the challenges that she was having in her life. And Tony very lovingly picked up a glass of water and splashed it in the woman's face. So she was like, oh, my goodness, <laughs> you know. And then she realized that Tony was doing it in a very loving way to prove a point. So she starts talking to Tony again. And five minutes into the conversation, Tony picks up a glass of water and throws it into the woman's face again. So what was happening is the woman was habitually complaining about her husband. By throwing it in her face, he disrupted the story to allow her to see that she was in this cycle of negativity. Um, so there's three aspects to scratching the record. So for me, once you start to have that negative thought, remember, you can observe your thoughts. You don't have to be on autopilot. Between stimulus and response, there's a gap. And before you respond, there's a space. You can determine and you can see how you're reacting, right? So as soon as you start to have that negative thought, flick it off before it gets ingrained. You can say cancel, cancel. You can say cancel, clear. Um, Another way is people put rubber bands on their wrists. You've probably right. seen this where they zap themselves. And I believe it works is because it gets them out of their mind and back into their body. It disrupts the story. And the one that I was telling you about that I learned from Tony, I call it zany crazy thing. And how I've implied it in my life is when my husband and I get into an argument, you ever get into an argument with someone where you're so have to prove your point? Oh, yeah. I think we've all been there. Yeah. There's a lot of that going on these days. <laughs> and when I get into that cycle with my husband, we both agreed very early on in our marriage that one of us would reach over and grab the other one by the nose. Okay. So all of a sudden, of course, all of a sudden we start laughing, right? We can't even get back into our cycle of proving ourselves. We just start laughing. So if there's a story or something negative that you know that you habitually repeat, Think of something zany and crazy that you're going to do. Think about it beforehand so when you get back into that cycle, you can do it. And I'll make you laugh and I'll make it disrupt, disrupt your story. Oh, I love that one. That is such <laughs> a good positive distractor. I love it. Yes. And it could be quite comical when you do it in front of other people. <laughs> and okay. then just really quickly, the T is tender, loving care. So, um, before I tell you what the T stands for, can I tell you about another experience I had? And uh, please do, yes. And and how it how it relates to the T. So um, my healer offered to hypnotize me because she felt that maybe there was something in my subconscious that might have been creating these fears and this terror. Okay. And as I laid on her table, her healing table, I actually started to drift upwards. I felt myself rising, and I was rising through this purple haze, and then out into this bright white light. And again, I tell you, it sounds like a near-death experience. But in that bright white light, I felt that same overwhelming sense of love. Um, I merged into the love. I actually became that love. And the message that I got was, we can all come home. We can all come home by loving and accepting who we are exactly as we are. 
the joy is in the reunion, in the remembrance of who we are. Yes. And, and the reason I wanted to share that story with you is because the T stands for tender, loving care. And I believe that the isolation and loneliness that so many people feel is not the isolation and loneliness from each other. It's because we've become disconnected from our creator, the God of our understanding. We've become disconnected from ourselves, the essence of who we are. So especially during these times, especially during COVID, it's so important to find time for ourselves. Um, so many of us have abandoned ourselves physically, mentally, spiritually. So we need to reconnect with ourselves. So that's what the T stands for. If I were to ask you, um, you know, aside from being an author and used to be a, a public accountant and all that stuff, when you're asked the question, who are you? How would you answer that? Beyond all the roles that you play in your, your human life, who is Judy Miller? Since I've gone through this experience, it's really just love. Yeah. And do you believe that that's the truth for everybody? Or do you think that other people may get a different answer when they remember and reconnect to who they truly are? I believe the essence of who we are is love. Yeah, I do too. Oh, oh, I love it. Um, Judy, it's awesome hearing you speak. Um, I want to share the back of the book. There is a little description of the book. So for anybody who's thinking about getting this book, let me just share a little bit more. A journey of ultimate forgiveness and letting go. All her life, Judy was plagued by feelings of fear, of not fitting in, and of not being enough. Facing a crisis of purpose, she embarks on a transformational journey of self-discovery and uncovers a shocking past life connection to someone dear to her. She learns to open her heart, release her stories, and understand forgiveness in a whole new way. This compelling and relatable narrative includes reflections and exercises to help you open your heart and access forgiveness, even for the most painful acts. You'll come away with a profound understanding that despite or perhaps because of our perceived flaws and mistakes, we can all experience the world as it really is perfect. And I, you know, I know that you mentioned in the book here too, that even those most painful and awful experiences are perfect as well. Um, will you say a little bit more about that for anybody who might be going through a really challenging time right now? Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, have you ever heard of the book called uh, The Little Soul in the Sun? <gasps> yes, it's one of my favorites. I did a book reading on it. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if your audience is familiar with it, but uh, um, you could either summarize it or I'll be happy to do it. I, I'll, I'll let you do it. But yes, I love that book. It's been it's very pivotal for me years ago. Right. So it is a children's book. Neil Donald Walsh is actually the author of Conversations with God, and this is his children's version. He took one tenet of it and made it into a children's book, which I loved to read to my kids when they were growing up. But basically, we were all be beings of love. We are perfect and magnificent as we are in heaven. But we can't experience our perfection without experiencing the opposite. And we're sent to earth to learn our lessons and experience who we are. But when we get to earth, we forget because we're pretending so hard to be what we're not. So in this story, this little soul wants to learn about forgiveness. And God says, there's nothing to forgive here. Everything is perfect. And this, this angel of light comes forward and says, I will do it. I love you and I will do it. I will do something so atrocious that you will have to learn to forgive me. You will have to learn unconditional love. But in that moment when I strike you, please remind me, 
because I would be pretending so hard to be what I'm not that I would have forgotten. Um, so Kim, in response to your question, I do believe we, on a soul level, we are perfect. And we are here to see the contrast because in the contrast, there is clarity. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. Um, in what you shared already, I can see lots of little nuggets and takeaways for our audience. Um, you know, should they be going through a challenging time right now? But is there anything you'd like to add um, in terms of advice for people dealing with difficult times right now? You know, um, oftentimes because we are, we do feel isolated. And I discovered this quite by accident. So I would love to share an experience with you and you could do it with me and your listeners could do it as well. So, you know, as I was laying on my healer's table week after week, I closed my eyes and she would work on me for 15 to 45 minutes. So I'm going to invite you to close your eyes right now. And again, I just discovered this totally by accident. But as I was laying there on her healing table, I would imagine someone that I loved. It could be my husband. It could be my kids. It could be a, a friend. It could actually even be my dog. My dog thinks he's a cat. And whenever he thinks he's a cat, he pounces and I just hysterically laugh, but not only just picture it, I would actually feel all of those sensations of love. What was I hearing, seeing, tasting, touching, smelling, everything. And I would truly let all of those sensations permeate every cell of my body. But then I would bring in another scene. I would bring in a beautiful sunset or maybe the first snowfall that I ever saw or the first time I ever held my kids in my hands, or the first kiss. And again, I would just experience this over and over, bringing scene after scene. And I was vibrating on such a high level that my heart did become very open. And then a mentor of mine, Dr. Sue Mortar says, we could actually even expand upon that. Expand upon that sensation 10 times more, and then put your hand on your heart and say, this is for you, this love is for you. This love is actually you. And Kim, the reason that I love this exercise, and again, I discovered it quite by accident, is because we can create this feeling of love in any moment, at any time. It's not dependent on anyone or anything. So even when we're feeling lonely or isolated, we can do this for ourselves. And Judy, I must also add, you have a very soothing voice. So... <laughs> Yeah. So, so hearing all those, you know, instructions and, and everything were just, it was beautiful at the same time. Um, now for, I'm fully aware that the higher, the more we tap into high vibrational energy and which is love and, and everything else that feels good, um, that, that starts to become the dominant vibration and fear and all the lower vibrations uh, tra get transmuted and, and fade away and all of that. For anyone who may be struggling though with making that shift, what um, what can you say to that person who's wanting to step away from fear and understanding that they're love and that's the true nature of who they are and yet still having a sense of, but if I step away from this fear, then this thing that is that they believe is creating the fear can, can attack me, can get me. Does that question make sense? I think so. Um, so I believe there's only two emotions. I believe okay. there's only fear and there's love. And fear is just a contracted negative energy, wishing we could change the past or worried about the future. 
And when we let go of the fear, there's only love. And I know sometimes it's uncomfortable to feel those sensations in our body. People are afraid of feeling their emotions. But I like to look at it a little different way. Maybe it's not fear. Maybe it's just uncomfortable because it's unfamiliar. So first, take those 90 seconds to really, truly feel the emotions. So, so Kim, I'm not sure if I did answer your question. So essentially what you're saying is, uh, what I'm hearing is that when you get into the, the love, then actually the belief that something could still attack you is just essentially a limiting belief and it gets washed away. It's not really true. It's more of an illusion. And the more you get into love, that 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 feeling or belief automatically di you know disappears just mm -hmm. that's, so, that's why i'm hearing it for someone who might be trying to yeah go ahead go ahead right so just to take it a little bit further um so we were talking about how sometime our fears and our traumas and our stories are actually not our own how they could actually originate prior to our birth um so yes, that's going to be there. <laughs> I, I believe this works um, in our current lifetime, and I believe it works for traumas and stories that we may have inherited from our parents. And it is explained in the book. Um, I studied with John Newton. He's the founder of Ancestral Clearing and Health Beyond Belief. So, um, you know, I give him credit for all of this great stuff. But so, first of all, again, it's important to actually feel the sensation in our body. So, do you have a contraction anywhere in your body? And it's not important that you know where it comes from. You just have to acknowledge that you're actually having that sensation, right? And you breathe into it. You might close your eyes, you might put your hand on it to acknowledge it, and you breathe gently into it, right? So it's acknowledging and feeling that. And then as you breathe into that, an image or memory might come to you. And it's often an image or memory from something that happened to you as a child. It could be even in the womb. It could even be something before you were born. So like we said, we can inherit things, especially from our mothers, from our fathers, even, even our fathers, um, right? So an image or memory will come to you. And oftentimes it's when you're very young and it may even actually seem like you're making it up, right? But in that moment, that stressful moment, you were saying something to yourself. And in my book, in my case, when I did this, what I was saying to myself is, why are you here? Right? And Kim, it made no sense to me whatsoever until I learned what happened to my mother. And when I discussed it with her, what she was saying that night was, why are you here? Um, Whoa. So the world is, uh, the universe is a very <laughs> powerful, miraculous thing. So acknowledge it in our body, acknowledge the sensations, give a voice to that younger, smaller version of yourself that maybe never had a voice. And then you can say a forgiveness prayer. And if you're not religious, it's not religious. You could actually call it a forgiveness recipe, as John says it. And he was so gracious to allow me to actually reprint the prayer in the book. But I'll just say a small portion of it. And again, it's not religious, but it's basically, um, please help us all forgive each other, forgive ourselves, forgive all people, and all people forgive us completely and totally, please and thank you. And... Um, there's another very powerful prayer in the book as well. Many of you may know it. It's called the Ho'oponopono prayer. It's become very famous recently with Zero Limits written by Dr. Joe Vitale and Dr. Hugh Lin. But, uh, and that's just, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. So again, you don't have to have any specific religious affiliation. You may not even be religious. Um, but doing those three things helps me 
and I recommend people try it for themselves and see if it works, it works for me. It helps me acknowledge the sensations, give a voice to that smaller, younger child of myself, and then truly say forgiveness and let it go. Those are awesome. Um, will you do that first prayer one more time for anybody who may have missed it? Sure. So it's only a part of it. Okay. It's only a part of it. But uh, the the theme that runs through it is, um, <laughs> you know, now that you asked me, I can't write. Please help us all forgive each other, forgive ourselves, forgive all people and all people. Actually, let me do the beginning. There's a paragraph okay. before. So it says, infinite creator, all that you are for me, all my family, all our relations, all our ancestors and all their relations through all relevant space, time and dimensions. Please help us all forgive each other, forgive ourselves, forgive all people and all people forgive us completely and totally please and thank you. So the prayer itself is about a page long and it goes through all the possible things, all the possible traumas, trials that you might've had or experienced in your lineage. Um, so it allows us, it's like one comprehensive prayer to let go of everything. I love it. I think it's awesome. Um, ah, I love it. Love it. So, so what I take away, um, we're not quite done, but we are nearing the end of our, of our conversation. And um, one of the biggest takeaways is ultimately the essence of love and the power of love. But I want to go ahead and just throw a couple of questions out there um, to see if you have anything else to, to add to this. When you talk about what the path to love, forgiveness, and transformation is, what is that path? So it's, it, it's truly feeling our emotions in our body, right? And by actually feeling that vibration of love, I literally was able to open my heart week after week. Nice. And it allowed all of those miracles to come in. The miracle on Good Friday, the miracle of actually ascending and saying that I could come home, we could all come home. Um, all of those, it was because those miracles were allowed to come in because my heart was so wide open. And that is, yeah. the way to do it is to focus in every moment on gratitude and on love. What can you what can you have gratitude and love for in this very moment? One of my mentors, Deborah Poneman, she goes around every second of the day saying, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And we know through the law of attraction that what we focus on grows stronger in our life. So gratitude and love are some of the highest vibrations in the world. So if you want to experience more, more love and you want to experience more miracles in your life, focus on gratitude, focus on love. And when we talk about feeling and knowing yourself as whole, I mean, again, I feel like we've already, we've already answered this, but let's directly hit it on. If someone's wanting to know, how can I be more whole? What would your direct response to that question be? You're already whole. Um, so in that moment of revelation, when I found out my relation with the healer, um, I saw, like I said, how all of our souls are interconnected. And I saw that we are already born worthy. There is nothing to prove. And Kim, when you learn that there's nothing to prove, your life becomes so much easier. Less heavy, less less burdensome. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And Helene is with us uh, saying, I needed to hear that in me. Um, so thank you, Helene. I don't know if there's time, but uh, yes, that's so beautiful, Helene. Is if, I don't know if there's time to share one more story from the book. There is, yes, please go ahead. So as I mentioned, I felt different most of my life. I felt like I didn't fit in. And you know what we hold is mirrored back to us, right? Yeah. So of course I married a man that was totally different than me. 
religiously, spiritually, culturally, racially, it was totally different. And I always felt like I didn't fit into his family. And I, I literally closed my heart. I didn't want them to come in because I was afraid they would hurt me. I, would afraid that, I was afraid that they wouldn't love me. I was afraid that they would judge me. And on this experience that I described, I was continually opening my heart week after week. And when my mother-in-law passed away, I'm not a medium, but again, I believe miracles happen when your heart is wide open. When she passed away, she literally came and visited me. And like I said, many of these experiences sound like a near-death experience. She showed me every scene I ever had with my husband and his family. And Kim, it went by in seconds. It went by so quickly, similar to what they describe in these near-death experiences. And what she showed me was because I felt different. I made myself different. And that created that feeling that I had all of my life with my husband. So what I mean by that is our outer world is a reflection of our inner world. That's why it's so important for us to let go of those contracted energies because they distort the way that we experience the world and the way we see the world. I'm so glad you shared that story because that is that is very um, that's a wonderful way to to end tonight's conversation. Um, <laughs> Judy, what what do you hope? I mean, there's so many takeaways from from your book and your story and just our our interview or conversation today, but what do you most want people to take away from, um, you know, from your message? So since we're talking about stories and letting go of stories, and that's the main theme in my book, why don't we focus on that? So I okay. would say when we let go of the stories, the labels and the judgments, we see everything through the eyes of the creator, through the eyes of love, where there is no separation. Beautiful. Judy, I don't really want to let you go, but I feel like this, <laughs> this feels pretty complete. <laughs> um, <laughs> I could keep pulling up more questions. Um, you know, is there anything else that you want to share be, before we go tonight? Hmm. I think we've shared so much, but uh, I just want to remind people, you know, what if life was one huge interconnected puzzle? Each piece perfect and part of the whole. When you realize that, you can start letting go of those stories of feeling different, incomplete, and not worthy. Because you are already whole, complete. You already love. Well, and definitely we want to remind or tell everyone that they can connect with you over at judymiller.net. That is for sure. And um, her Judy's, last, Judy's first name ends with an I. So it's J-U-D-I. M-I-L-L-E-R.net. And um, is there anything else you'd like to share with them? I know you've got book launch bonuses and, and things that are coming along with your Absolutely. Book. So the book was recently launched. So if you buy a, a copy of Perfect, you can go onto my website and there's five free bonuses from some of my 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 favorite transformational teachers on love, on health, on um, everything that you can imagine, happiness. So if you buy the book, I encourage you to take advantage of those uh, those bonuses. And then just, Kim, just my gift to your listeners. If you also go on my website, I have a free ebook called Awaken the Creator Within, no purchase necessary, my gift to your listeners. Nice. Awesome. Thank you for that. That is beautiful. 
Judy, thank you so much for being here tonight. I really appreciate you sharing um, just like so many awesome stories. And uh, of course, the wisdom about forgiveness and transformation and love and wholeness that came through all of this. It's just beautiful, beautiful timing for, um, you know, where we are in the world at the time of this live recording. Um, but of course, a message that's going to transcend this moment in time and be relevant for all of our replay viewers and listeners as well. So, so thank you. Thank you for doing such an excellent job of just conveying all your messages. Kim, it was such a pleasure to be here. You're such a wonderful host and you're a bright light. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I thank you to our live audience today. I know we had many of you in and out with us and let us know what you were taking away from tonight's conversation. Um, and definitely remember that you are whole love forgiveness, all of that is possible. And, and if you missed any of what Judy shared earlier on, you know, she really, I think you articulated a very clear pathway to how all of this can, um, how forgiveness can be so much more easier and just be, you know, get us to that place of love versus fear. So, so Remember that every day is always a new day. Wherever you are today does not have to be where you are tomorrow. And it can be as simple as love. And uh, that 90 seconds, a beautiful, beautiful uh, way to just tap into that in your body and um, follow Judy's NAS NEST process, right? N-E-S-T? NEST. Absolutely. Awesome. Okay. Wonderful. Well, Judy, please stay right there. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and say goodbye to all of our live viewers tonight. I'll see you all again tomorrow morning for another Rise and Shine Creating 2020 Vision conversation. And I'll see you then. Bye, everybody. And that's today's show. So what are you taking away? Let me know down in the comments wherever you listened or watched today's episode and connect with me on Facebook on the Everyday is a New Day show and coaching page or visit KimO'NealCoaching.com for more info. Remember, every day is always a new day. Wherever you are today does not have to be where you are tomorrow. There is always hope and you will always be amazing. I'll see you next time.